The search for truth is the most important work in the whole world and the most dangerous. The truth is dangerous because it does not blink. It does not waver. It simply is never changing. Those that don't have it fear it. It can transform both minds and hearts. It can trigger both dissent and rebellion. It can end wars and unite nations. Truth is dangerous, but absolutely necessary. And so, the great struggle in life becomes how to find truth, where to search for it. When it's all said and done, this is our burden. This is our journey and our great adventure. The truth is the only thing that matters, and the truth shall set us free. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, well, I know what's going through many of your minds right now. Where is our lead pastor? Where is Pastor Doug? And who is this taller, better-looking, younger man that stands before us this morning? Well, first off, thank you so much for thinking that, okay? Um, But my name is Ryan Singleton. I am our student ministry director. I also have another fancy title. It's Church Plant Catalyst, which is fancy lingo for I'm very passionate about starting churches throughout Colorado, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to be able to do that behind the scenes as a member of Orchard Church. Uh, Pastor Doug and Shelly, they're actually away on vacation today. They are celebrating their 25th anniversary as well as Pastor Doug's 50th birthday. Can we give it up for our pastor and his wife? So we record every one of our services. So Pastor Doug, you will see this later. I just want to let you know, although you are turning 50 years old, you only look 49, okay? Only look 49. Well, hey, turn in your Bibles uh, with me to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to be reading out of the New Living Translation today. And we are continuing our series. We're in the second week of What's the Difference? Um, If you missed last week's message, I'd encourage you, go online, check it out. Pastor Doug did a phenomenal job um, in talking about the contrast between religion versus the gospel. And it really set the context for the rest of these different weeks of what we're going to be talking about. Well, this week, we were talking about Mormonism versus the gospel. Or in other words, we're talking about the LDS church or the Church of Latter-day Saints versus biblical Christianity. Um, And I just want to start off by saying this. Um, Me personally, I have never, ever in my life ever met a mean Mormon. Um, To be honest, I've met some mean Christians before, and I actually, no, I'm not going to point, okay? Um, But I have never met a mean Mormon. Um, Whenever I've talked with them, they're always very respectful, and um, they're just very, very, very kind, and and so I don't have anything really to say bad about them, and I want to make sure to say up front that this is not an attack on Mormonism or on Mormons specifically. Rather, what our goal is for today is what's the difference? What is the difference between the two? What is the difference between Mormonism and the gospel? Uh, Let me start off by, by asking a question. By a show of hands, how many of you have ever had the lucky privilege of having your doorbell ring and you have Mormon missionaries show up at your front door? Show of hands. Okay, 
Wow, look around. That, that's a lot of hands, okay? If, if you're anything like me, most oftentimes they show up right around my, be- my, my kid's bedtime, okay? Um, but let me ask another question. Um, by a show of hands, how many of you that have actually had those Mormons show up, you actually, this is what you did, you looked through the peephole and you pretended to not be home. Show of hands, okay? Be honest, it's church, it's okay, I've done it as well, you know, I, I'm a busy guy. Um, well, in talking with Mormons, you know, if you ever actually talked with them on your doorstep, it can be very confusing, if I'm to be honest. Um, whether you're a believer of 30 years or a new Christian or, or maybe you're an unbeliever, it can be very, very confusing because they show up at your door and they say, hey, I am so-and-so and I'm with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I remember the, the very first time that I actually became aware of Mormonism. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up Christian. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior at uh, age 14 into my life. And I remember my best friend at the time, um, we were hanging out and I was hanging out with him and his family and they had found out that um, I started going to church and I believed in Jesus and so they said, hey, you know, they started asking different questions. What church do you go to? You know, what's this? And, and they said, well, yeah, we go to the, the LDS church. And for me as a new Christian, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know, you know, what, what they were talking about in that regard. And so uh, I was like, okay, wow. So wait, wait, you, you guys go to church? They're like, yeah, we're, we're Christians. And, and and as a Mormon, they refer to themselves as Christians. And I remember my excitement was, oh my goodness, I didn't, I didn't realize there was more Christians out there, you know? I didn't know there was more of us. And so I was shaking their hands and super excited. I'm like, all right, we're on the exact same page. But then it was over time that I realized and I started noticing a lot of different differences um, between excuse me, between Mormonism and what they believed and biblical Christianity. And so that's what we're going to take a look at today. What are those differences? Um, In this series, we have been going through the book of Galatians, and uh, the book of Galatians is written by a guy named Paul. Um, He's actually referred to in the Bible as the Apostle Paul. And so he was one of the, uh, um, the people that actually God used to write most of your New Testament. And not only that, he started many, many different churches for the early church. Um, And so what had happened was, Paul went um, to the, uh, the different areas of Galatia, and he started all these different churches, but then he left. He set them up to be able to, to succeed, and he went off to do more ministry, to start more churches, and what happened was other people came in, and they began teaching things that were contrary to what Paul left them with. And so um, what, it, what had ended up happening, if I could talk, um, was that uh, they were teaching Jesus plus all these other things for salvation. And so they were saying, you know, it's not just Jesus alone. You have to add all of these different things to it. It's Jesus plus tradition. It's Jesus plus religious duties. It's Jesus plus circumcision. It's Jesus plus. And Paul hears this and he's upset and he writes to them this letter that you have in your hands. And the theme of Galatians is this, and this is in your notes. The theme of Galatians is Jesus plus nothing for salvation. It's Jesus plus nothing. You don't have to add anything to your faith. It's just Jesus. And so let's go ahead and jump in. Galatians 1, starting in verse 6, as the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way. See, this is the danger. Whenever you add to Jesus, Whenever you add to what Jesus has done, this is the danger. Now you have the susceptibility to go a different way. And so the verse continues. You're following a different way that pretends to be the good news. 
Remember, uh, like Pastor Doug always says, good news means gospel, and gospel means good news. So it pretends to be the good news, the gospel, but is not the good news or gospel at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. We're going to go ahead and stop right there just for a brief moment. And so Paul is, is very passionate in writing this, um, and, and he just comes straight out of the gate. And he says, you know what, I know that I'm causing some controversy here, but the truth is too important. And so he says, go back to the gospel. Go back to the gospel. Go back to just Jesus. What Paul is saying is this, and this is in your notes. To add to the gospel is to subtract from the gospel. To add to the gospel is to subtract from the gospel. Uh, me being a Southern Californian-born boy, um, I feel like this is the best way that I can describe this, okay? Um, I have an illustration here that I want to show you of the most amazing burger that you'll ever eat on the face of the earth, okay? Um, how many of you guys know what this is a picture of? Okay, this is in and out that's right. I have tasted and I have seen the Lord is good, <laughs> okay? <laughs> And, and so for me, this is the perfect burger. I mean, you even go into an In-N-Out and, you know, they, they just simplified everything for you. You can either order a number one, a number two, or a number three. It's very, very simple. But I see so many people and I see these guys come into In-N-Out for the very first time and what do they do? They order a number one, number two, whatever it is, and then they try to add all of these different things to it. You guys, you can't add to perfection, okay? You can't. And anytime you try to add to perfection, well, you're actually taking away from it. Does that make sense? That analogy makes sense? Okay, cool. Um, and so, you know, anytime I see that, I'm like, man, you guys are just ruining it. In-N-Out Burger, man, it's amazing. And I, I think I heard a rumor. There's one coming to Colorado Springs. Is that true? Yeah, awesome. You can praise the Lord about that. Okay. Um, well, you guys, um, we see the same things today. We see the exact same things today. God made it simple for us. He did. And we, as mankind, we go through and we try to overcomplicate things. And we see this um, at, with Mormonism. Mormonism is an example of this. So, so let me do this. Uh, let me give you some background on Mormonism and the LDS Church, okay? Um, it was founded by Joseph Smith, um, is his name, and he was born December 23rd, 1805. That's key because I want to point out that this is a relatively new belief system. Um, this is not a belief system that's been around for hundreds of years, thousands of years. Um, this actually originated in the 1800s. Um, so the story goes on. Joseph Smith, uh, more or less, he was disturbed growing up by all the different teaches, uh, teachings within the church. And he didn't know which way was the correct way. He didn't know which way to believe. And so when he was 14 years old, he went off into the woods and he prayed to God and said, God, show me the correct way. Um, as the story goes on, according to Joseph Smith, two figures then appeared before him. One, according to him, was God the Father in physical flesh form, and that's key. And the second was Jesus in physical form as well. And they informed Joseph Smith, well, none of the ways are actually correct. Um, the churches are all, uh, are all corrupt. Um, the teachers, you know, are all corrupt. In fact, even the Bible that you have has been distorted over time. Um, about, you know, it was a, just a few years later, so three years later, um, another, uh, it actually was an angel, appeared to Joseph Smith. It was the angel Moroni, and this is when the angel told him, hey, we have some golden plates or some golden tablets that I want you to go ahead and unbury, and it was uh, uh, in a hill in New York. And so then in 1830, after Joseph Smith went and he uncovered these different tablets and translated them over the course of many, many years, in 1830, at the age of 25, uh, Joseph Smith published 
church, the golden plates, and then that is how we have the the Book of Mormon today. Um, So that is as the story goes. And once again, I want to make sure to preface, this is not an attack. Um, I'm not trying to come just against Mormonism, but the hard part with this is they refer to themselves as Christians. And we refer to ourselves as Christians. And so there, we, we definitely need to talk about the difference. Does that make sense? And so I want to be able to hopefully share this information with you today, the truth in love. Um, so what is the differences in your notes? There are three major differences. The first difference is we have a different Bible. We have a different Bible. And um, this is actually also in your notes. Biblical Christianity is the Bible plus nothing. Bible plus nothing. That's what we believe. This is the gospel. Um, Don't get me wrong. You can read other books. I'm not saying don't read any other Christian books. Don't read C.S. Lewis. I'm not saying that at all. But if you were to read those books and you were to find any type of discrepancies or find anything that contradicts this book, this book is 100% authority. Make sense? This book trumps those other books. Okay. Um, Whereas for Mormonism, and this is in your notes, you have... The Bible, okay, plus, in addition to it, you have the Book of Mormon, plus, and this is a combo pack here that I'm borrowing, this is the Pearl of Great Price and also Mormon Doctrines and Covenants. Um, And so you have all of these books, and this is what Mormonism, or this is what Mormons believe, that this is the inspired word of God. These, uh, the Pearl of Great Price and Doctrines and Covenants, um, more or less what it's talking about is a lot of their beliefs, a lot of their theology, whereas the Book of Mormon talks a lot about history. Um, they have in there that Jesus, after he died and was resurrected, he came to the Americas and preached the same gospel, and then also raised up 12 disciples himself. There was a big war. All that is in here. Um, so the hard part is, for Mormons, they believe that the Bible has been distorted over time, right? And so the only translation that they truly actually read out of and truly trust is the King James Version. They believe that that is the closest to the original text that you can actually get. But the problem is, even then, it is still incomplete without these other books. You guys following me? Make sense? All right, cool. Um, so Book of Mormon, um, you know, supposedly it was written by many different prophets, and they passed it down over the ages. Um, what we know uh, and what I know, I only know of the one guy, Joseph Smith, that actually translated from the plates and got this book, whereas the Bible, and this is where I get really passionate because this is one of the reasons why I became a believer in Jesus Christ when I was 14 years old. The Bible was written over the course of 1,500 years. It's comprised of 66 different books, 40 co-authors that God used to write these 66 different books. It took place over three different continents and three different languages, yet has one theme and one God, and that God is still changing lives today, in which I am one of them, and I'm sure that God has changed your life through the power of his word as well. And so we do have a value here at Orchard Church, and that is, what does the Bible say? Why do we place all of our trust in this book? Well, in 2 Timothy 3.16, says this, all scripture, not some scripture, not added books later, no, all scripture, talking about this book right here, is inspired. That word inspired means God breathed. So God breathed, if you can believe that, that God can breathe life into existence, and you can believe this verse, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make 
make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. What scripture is it talking about? It's talking about the Bible. Not anything added. Do not add to the gospel. To add to the gospel is to take away from the gospel. And God even warns us of this. Deuteronomy 4.2 says this, Do not add or subtract from these commands that I am giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you. And Jesus was a fulfillment of all of the commands that we see in the Bible. And so that it's the Bible plus nothing. Make sense? All right, makes sense. Cool. So the second major different belief is we have, uh, or the difference is we have different beliefs. Number two, um, that's in your notes. Number two, we have different beliefs. See, biblical Christianity and Mormonism, we have very different beliefs, so, so we have to talk about it. Uh, two weeks ago, um, you know, I, the last time I actually studied Mormonism, I think it was about five or six years ago, and just looking into it and looking into the differences, so I wanted to brush up on it. So I went to mormon.org two weeks ago on a Thursday, and I decided to insert my information. There's actually a part on their website that says, receive, uh, a request to receive a free book of Mormon. So I was like, all right, cool. So I put in my information, and I clicked enter, and I kid you not, guys, this is pretty crazy. I got up from my seat and I walked two steps, okay? And all of a sudden my phone started going off. And so I look at my phone, it's some weird unknown number, I, you know, maybe Utah, I don't know, I can't remember what it was. And so, you know, I put, put the phone back in my pocket and, you know, continued on. Well, then I get back to my seat and uh, they had left a voicemail. And so I checked my voicemail and it was Brooke from mormon.org and said, hey, just wanted to follow up about your interest in receiving the Book of Mormon. I'm like, wow, man, they're efficient, you know, like, man, it was like five seconds after I clicked enter. Well, then the story gets even better. I walked out to my car, and as I close the door on my car, I receive a text message. And I check the text message. It says, hey, I'm Brooke from Mormon.org. Just want to follow through and you know, try to get a book of Mormon in your hands. And then I look up at my rearview mirror, and there is a guy with a tie, and he's on a bike. No, actually, I'm just kidding. That part's not true, okay? <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> The other parts were true, that part it wasn't, okay? All right. So, no, but I responded to the text message, um, then I drove home and completely forgot about it. It wasn't really even thinking about it. Got home, um, you know, it's around bedtime now, so it's been two hours, and all of a sudden, the doorbell rings. Ding dong! And my wife and I look at each other, and I forgot that I did that, and we're like, well, well, who could that be, you know, which is funny, like, that we always do that, like, just like, who would be visiting me, you know? Um, and so I get up, and I go, and I, and, I, and I look through the people, and sure enough, it was two Mormon missionaries, and then that's how I actually got this book. They delivered this book in person. Pretty crazy, right? Um, a very, very efficient process. I was actually really, really impressed with that. Well, I used that as an opportunity to be able to ask them a lot of different questions. Um, just said, you know, I, I played dumb, just for those of you that know, I wasn't like, oh yes, I am a pastor, and I'm doing a message, Mormonism versus, you know, the gospel, and I want to, you know, find out all your faults. Like, I didn't do that. Um, but, but what I did do is just started asking questions. I, I acted dumb. My wife says I'm really good at that, and so that's what I did. And um, these are the different questions, and I'm actually, um, um, I, I want to kind of separate this section, because uh, there's, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of different beliefs that we have. We do not have time to go through every single different belief here um, at church this morning. Um, but I have narrowed it down to three different categories, okay? And so the first one in your notes is we have different beliefs about God. We have different beliefs 
about God. And I'm actually going to use um, kind of an illustration here on this TV screen to kind of show you some of the differences. Um, as Christians, we believe in one God. We believe there's just one. One God alone, whereas Mormons, they believe in many gods. Um, I came right out of the gate and I asked them, hey, are you monotheistic or polytheistic? So do you believe in one God or many gods? And they just straight out said, well, yeah, we, we believe in many gods. Um, obviously, scripture has a lot to say on that. Deuteronomy 6.4 is one of them that I think of, and I even quoted this in King James Version. This is the translation that they would trust. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not many, but one. One there in Hebrew means one. That's what it is, okay? One means one. Um, I also asked them, um, for, for Christians, we believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, um, so we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, but it's one God. God works in these three different ways, but it's one God. Whereas Mormons, they reject the Trinity. They say, nope, it's many gods. We believe, uh, and this is what they said, they believe that God the Father is a God, Jesus is a, is a God, and the Holy Spirit is a God, all separate gods. Um, for Christians, we believe that we, as mankind, we are always human, we're always human, we are fallen man, we are sinners, and we are in need of a savior. Whereas Mormons, and this is very controversial because this isn't something they just talk with you about um, when they come to your doorstep, but Mormons actually believe that you can become an angel or a god. Pretty gnarly. Um, Actually, when I was there talking with them, um, they had me turn to the book of Moroni. And Moroni, I, I asked them, I said, wait, 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 Moroni, isn't that the angel that told Joseph Smith to go find the golden tablets? And, he, and, he, and they said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's Moroni. That was, he was, wrote this when he was a prophet, so when he was a man. But then, because of his good works, he actually became an angel. Um, it doesn't just stop there, but their teaching also says you can become a god. Uh, Lorenzo Snow, he was one of the prophets for Mormonism. Um, the very first prophet that they refer to is Joseph Smith. The second one is Brigham Young. Um, well, somewhere down the line is Lorenzo Snow, and he said this, as man is, God once was. As God now is, man may be. Um, I want to make sure that I'm giving you accurate information. So um, as of 7 a.m. this morning when I went to LDS.org website and I found that quote, I scrolled down. I'm still on the website. It says these words. It is clear that the teaching of President Lorenzo Snow is both acceptable and accepted doctrine in the church today. So really, if the clear difference, if we're really looking at it that way, the clear difference is Mormonism is about man taking God's place where the gospel is about God taking man's place. That is a clear difference. Jesus took our place on the cross. He died for our sins, and he switched places with us so that we can have eternal life. Isn't that good news, church? Let's praise God for that. Awesome. The... Uh, the second part of the different beliefs, not only do we have different beliefs about God, but also we have different beliefs about baptism as well. Um, different beliefs about baptism. As Christians, I'm going to go back to the screen, just my illustration. Um, we believe that baptism is a symbol. 
Um, we're not saved by salvation. Really, what it is is an outward um, display of what God is doing on the inside, what God is doing in your heart. And so God is turning your life around, and so what do you do? You go and get baptized because it's representative of, I am no longer that old person that I used to be. I'm no longer associated with my past, but now I am a new person with a new identity. I'm a new creation created in Christ Jesus. Baptism is a form of celebration. And that's why we love to do it as a church. Our next baptism is March 4th. We're going to um, be baptizing um, that Sunday a lot of different people. I just want to say that in, in Fuel Student Ministry, we had 32 students signed up to be baptized. Can we give God a shout of praise? It's awesome. And so if you are sitting here today and you're interested in being baptized, um, I just invite you, please join us on that Sunday. It's going to be a time of celebration. Uh, if you want to be baptized, just fill out your connection card. Just say, hey, I just want to be baptized. And you can put that in the offering bucket as it passes by later today. Um, but that's what we believe as Christians. We believe that it is a symbol of our relationship for God, uh, with God, that we have placed our faith in Jesus, and now we are doing this to let the whole world know, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm different, God has saved me. Whereas for Mormons, baptism is a work. Um, it's, it's a work. It's something to check off your list. Um, I was even talking with some previous Mormons. Um, I, I'm not, I was trying to find them in the crowd, but I can't find them. Don't raise your hand. I don't know if you want to. Um, but hey, hey, there's Mike Olson right over there. So there, there's one of them. Um, but uh, um, I was talking with him about it, and he was actually saying, hey, it actually, what Mormons believe, washes away your sin. And so it washes away. So in other words, you're not made right with God just from repenting, just from repentance alone, but baptism is also necessary to be completely cleansed of your sins. Well, if you know the Bible, what does the Bible say? Romans 5.1, um, obviously it tells how we are saved. And there's many other verses like it that I can quote. Uh, it says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by, what does it say, church? Faith, that's right. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Religion says do where Jesus says it's done. It's done. You don't have to do anything else to earn your salvation. Make sense? All right. So the third point, uh, the third different belief um, is also about Jesus, and that's in your notes. Number three, it's about Jesus. We have different beliefs about Jesus. I'm going to go back to my diagram here. Um, as Christians, we believe that Jesus is God. Amen? Amen. Where for Mormons, they believe that Jesus is a God. A God. Very, very different. Mormons believe Jesus was a man who became a God. And so in that regard, he isn't any different or any uh, more special than you and me. Well, what does the Bible say? Um, Jesus said this, and John recorded his words. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you'd really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, so from Jesus' time on, you do know him. Who's it speaking of? The Father. You do know the Heavenly Father. You do know God the Father. Why? Because you have seen him. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Why? Because Jesus is God. And so, really, when it comes down to it, we both believe in the person of Jesus, but we describe him differently. Um, this is probably the best way that I can articulate it. I have this lovely picture of my wife here, Stephanie, and um, I definitely married up. I think we can all see that, okay? Um, but... 
But, you know, let's say, like, maybe you were to talk with my wife, you were to meet her for the very first time, and then you were to describe her to me. And you'd probably say different things like, you know, she's, she's very pretty, she has brown hair, um, she, she has blue eyes, she's about five foot five, very sweet, very, very kind, very motherly. And you would say all these different things to describe my wife. And so if you were to come to me and say, hey, I talked with your wife and described these different things, I'm like, oh, yep, yep, that's her, that's absolutely her, you, you talked with her. But now let's kind of use that analogy and go a step further. What if, you know, you're to come to me and say, hey, I talked with, with uh, your wife. And I say, oh, okay, cool, yeah, she's uh, six foot six, right? Um, she is, you know, she has green hair and she has green eyes as well, a brown complexion. Um, she's actually Asian. Um, and, you know, she's very mean and rough around the edges. Um, in fact, you know, uh, um, she's, you know, not very motherly at all. She has a deep man's voice, you know. And, and so if I were to say all these different things, you, we would have a disconnect and we would actually make eye contact and you'd be like, wait, we're not, we're not talking about the same person. And I use that analogy in just talking about Jesus because Mormons say, yeah, Jesus, and, and they say all the right language, but really, when you get down to the beliefs, we're talking about two different people because we believe Jesus to be God and they believe Jesus to be just a God. Does that make sense? You guys still with me? I know it's a lot of information, so I'm trying to condense it the best way I can. Um, well, the third major difference we've looked at uh, between Mormons and biblical Christianity, on the first difference, we have a different Bible. The second one, we have different beliefs. And then third and finally, and the one that I'm most passionate about, is we have a different gospel. We have a different gospel. That's in your notes. The gospel of biblical Christianity is believing and receiving by faith in the person of Jesus Christ who was God and he died on the cross for our sins and still is God. Whereas Mormonism, it believes that actually the gospel is based upon good works. That's how you earn your way to heaven. Um, they actually believe in three different levels of heaven and so the better person that you are, you can actually attain one of the higher levels of heaven. You see, whether we're talking about Mormonism or any other religion, this is key. Every other religion is man reaching up to God when you really look at it. Man trying to reach up to God and trying to be a good enough person and trying to do all these different deeds and do all these different good works in order to attain that level of salvation. Whereas the gospel is completely the opposite. And I love how God does this. He just always takes the opposite. He takes what we have as manly wisdom and he flips it on its head. The gospel is about God reaching down to man and pulling us up to his level. And you can see, yeah, absolutely. You can applaud that. Absolutely. And, and you can see the difference. I just wanted to read I, this feels really weird, even to me, but I'm going to read a passage from 2 Nephi 25. This is out of the Book of Mormon, and then I want to contrast it with what the Bible says. It's very, very close, very, very similar, but it is different. Um, so 2 Nephi 25:23 has this to say, For we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children, and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved. And if we just stop right there, it all sounds good. If we just stop right there, you can look at that and say, well, yeah, it is by grace that we are saved. I agree with that. But it actually adds on a last part in that verse, and it says, after all that we can do. 
So when do you get grace? When, when are you saved? It's after everything that you can muster up, all the good deeds, after all that you can personally do, that is then when by grace you are saved. And if you contrast that with, let's do uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Look at the difference. God saved you by his grace when you, what was it, church? Believed. believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a, say it with me, gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. You see, it's about receiving forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness, you guys, it's not a reward. It's not about that. We are not perfect. We aren't. We mess up. We have flaws. We can't earn our way to, to heaven. We can't earn our salvation. We can't reach up and pull ourselves up to God's level. The Bible says in Isaiah that our righteousness, the best that you can even muster up, the best that you can do, are as filthy rags. Because when you compare man to God, there is no comparison. God is the only way that we can get to heaven because we're not good enough. But guess what? He is. Jesus is. Jesus paid the price on the cross, and it now is a free gift that is presented to us. A free gift, completely unearned and 100% from God. Amen. Amen. That's the gospel. That's biblical Christianity. And I wanted to close with Paul's um, statement, um, continuing on in the book of Galatians. We're going to read verses 8 and 9. I want to close with this, okay? Um, because this is, this is just crazy. Remember, this was written 1,800 years before Mormonism even existed. And so Paul had no way of knowing what the future would hold, but God does. Check out verse 8. Paul writes, Let God's curse fall on anyone. So when he's saying anyone, that's himself included, that's another disciple, that is anyone. Anyone means anyone. And he continues on, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news or gospel than the one we preached to you. I say this again, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news or gospel than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. And here's the craziest part. On the front of the Book of Mormon, underneath the title, it says, another testament of Jesus Christ. In other words, another gospel. And where did Joseph Smith get this from? An angel. Pretty crazy, right? 1,800 years ago, Paul wrote this under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why he's so adamant when he's saying, go back to the gospel. It's Jesus plus nothing for salvation. Don't add all these different things to it. Just trust in this book alone. So Mormonism and biblical Christianity, the gospel, we do have different Bibles. We do have different beliefs. We have a different gospel as well. But in this series, whether we're talking about Mormonism or talking about any other religion, this is what's key to know. Religion, at the end of the day, is about earning, where the gospel is about receiving, receiving what Jesus has done. You see, the gospel is about God taking man's place. And I know, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I wouldn't be where I'm at today had God intervened 
He went to the cross and died on the cross for my sins because I am not perfect. I am a sinner. I fall short on a daily basis. But the good news of the gospel is it is already done. It is finished. Jesus wins. And because of that, we can place our faith in him knowing that God is on the throne and he always will be. See, but Mormonism is man taking God's place. The gospel is God taking ours. And praise God, thank God that he chose to do that. Will you just uh, join me in prayer real quick as we close? Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the power of your word. God, thanks for saving me. Thanks for loving me, Lord. And God, thank you for loving everyone here, Lord, that is in this room as well. God, I hope and pray that what I studied um, this, these last few weeks, that, Lord, I was able to share the truth in love. And, God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your grace and for what you have done for us on the cross. We don't have to add anything to our salvation. No, instead, God, the work is finished. You've already done it for us. And so, Lord, help us to place our trust in you for that, not trying to add all these different things or even try to play God in our own lives, but instead simply trusting in you. Thank you, Jesus. As we continue in an attitude of prayer this morning, with all eyes closed, heads bowed, many of you, I'm sure, today are, are, are Christians. And you say, yes, I, I believe in the gospel. I believe that, that God and, and Jesus took my place and died for me. But the truth of the matter is, if we're to be honest, sometimes we play God in our lives, don't we? Sometimes we try to take control. Sometimes we try to take charge. When today I feel like the message for a lot of us is just to let go and trust God. Trust that God has it, and we just need to put him in the proper place and put us back where we, need, where, where we need to go as well. So if that's you today, you just need prayer. and Say, you know what, um, I need to let go, and I need to trust God. Can you just simply just raise your hands? So that way I can pray for you. Um, hands all over the room. Praise God. My hand's with you. Let me, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you see our hands. You know our hearts, God. Um, Father, oftentimes we want to take charge. We want to take commands, but Lord, we know that you are God and we are not. So Lord, help us to trust in you. Help us, Lord, to place um, our strength in you, Father, and that would be where we draw our strength from. And God, give us peace that you are with us even when it feels like you are not, God. Thank you so much in advance for what you're doing in this place and what you're going to do through our lives. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. As we continue in an attitude of prayer, all eyes closed, heads bowed, Maybe you're here today and you've never um, accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't know where you stand at in terms of your relationship with God. The gospel is about Jesus taking our place. It's about believing and receiving what he has done for you. A free gift from God to you. If that's you today and you would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just invite you to pray this simple prayer. And there's nothing fancy or special about the words I'm about to say, but it's your heart and the faith that you put behind it. Just pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect. I'm what the Bible calls a sinner. And I need your help. God, would you please come into my life? Would you be my God? Would you be my Savior? I accept you into my life as God. Please, God, help me to live for you from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. all eyes closed, heads bowed. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I do want the honor and privilege just to be able to pray for you before we close. 
If you just prayed that prayer, you just simply just raise your hand, wherever you're at. Raise your hand. Awesome. Praise God. Tons of hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless all of you. So many hands I can't even count. God bless you. Absolutely, yeah. We can, our mission here, our mission here is to help people find and follow Jesus. So that's what it's all about. Let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for all the decisions um, that were made here today. God, I pray that it wouldn't just be an emotional moment um, where they just made this, this decision and then they go off and go their own separate way. No, Lord, instead I pray that, Father, you would continue to help them grow in their faith with you. Give them the assurance, Lord, that they are saved. Give them the assurance, Lord, and peace which only comes from you, God, that you love them, that you are for them, and you are never going to leave them nor forsake them. Thank you so much, Lord, for all the decisions. We pray all this in your name, Lord Jesus, and Everybody says, amen. amen, amen, awesome. Well, hey, uh, if you said yes uh, to Jesus today, just want to make sure to highlight this. Please follow up with uh, somebody here at Orchard Church. We actually have this I Said Yes bo- uh, book booklet that's available in the foyer. Um, you can go to the I Said Yes booth on your way out. We would love to be able to get this book in your hands just for some practical next steps, but also be able to pray for you as well. Um, so thank you guys so much for um, coming today. Let's just give God one more shout of praise for everything today. Thank you guys. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Can we give a big hand to our student director, Mr. Ryan Singleton? You know, Pastor Doug is small in stature, but he leaves big shoes to fill on this stage, and, uh, and Ryan did a great job teaching us the difference between biblical Christianity and Mormonism. So next week, you won't want to miss, because we're continuing our What's the Difference series, when we're going to look at the difference between biblical Christianity and the Islamic belief system, which is a hot topic. And there might be a few surprises in there, so you don't want to miss next week. But if you're a first-time guest with us today, thank you so much for choosing to spend an an hour or so of your day with us. We want to continue to honor that by giving you a free gift in the mail. So hopefully you filled out that connection card that's in your newsletter. If you're a first-time guest today, please drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by. We're not interested in your money today, first-time guests, but we are interested in connecting with you. So please make sure you drop that in. The rest of us, if we'll stand and join together in a song of worship and as we worship with our tithes and our offerings, but if you said yes today to Jesus or recently and have not stopped by that I Said Yes booth on the way out, would you please do that? Take that opportunity while the rest of us are singing and giving. If you said yes to Jesus today, stop by. It's in uh, the main lobby there right by the entrance doors. You can't miss it, so go ahead and do that. But let's, uh, let's stand and celebrate and worship Jesus today because God is good and the gospel is freedom. Amen? Amen.